Welcome back to Bible study, uh, to the study of Philippians, and we're in chapter two now. Uh, we're here with John Campbell, Joe Walker. Bless you. Good to see you. Thank you. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> uh, here we are. Uh, I'm going to read, and Derek will pray. And thank you for joining us as well. Let this mind, this is chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or laboured in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. You could pray, Derek. Oh God, we thank you that we have the wonderful example and saving work of Jesus set before us in these verses that, Lord, you loved us so much that you humbled yourself, became a man and died for us on the cross out of your love for us and so that, that you would be exalted and we would be exalted with you. Oh God, we, we just thank you for that, your spirit of humility and, and Lord, that we pray that we would be so in awe of you that, that all our pride would vanish away and that, that we would just bow our knee to you and confess that Jesus is Lord. Lord, make this real in our hearts, we pray, even as we uh, discuss these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, it seems such a powerful passage. We don't want to cheapen it, as it were. No. We, we, last week, we, we spoke about how um, Satan 
did consider it something to be grasped, mm. to be equal with God. Mm. I will be, be like the Most High. <laughs> and yeah. then it says here that the Lord Jesus, the third member of the Trinity, he didn't consider it something to be grasped. That's, that's a good starting point. The second member of the Trinity. Second member. Did I say the third? Yeah, I did. It's not hierarchy. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm just... No, I've got to wake up. It's, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the program's just started. Wake up, Tim. Uh, okay, so um, it's having the mind. Of course, it, it starts with a, a therefore. Um, you, know, ha you know, have the mind of Christ. Sort Is of following on from what we have been it's saying. It's that word phreneo again. That yeah, yeah. It's come up before. Yeah. It's a, the kind of attitude, the mindset, the, the, the attitude that puts others before oneself, mm. um, which is exemplified by, by Christ most of all. Mm. And of course, I think, and, and he's also saying, you know, that, that that attitude of Christ is what led to our salvation. So how much more, you know, we, we belong to a kingdom where that is the, that is the ethic. And we were saved by that very mm. fact that God was like that. So how much more must that be part of our DNA? I, f I find it amazing that the Lord gave Paul this insight. I mean, it's, there's some details here. Yes. You know, have that mind of Christ, and then he unpacks it. Uh, and we're getting an ins a privileged insight into the mechanisms of our salvation, how, mm. how he, as I say, he, st he was, came from the throne of heaven. Yes to this, this fallen world. That is humbling. It is hugely humbling. Why, why, would we, why would we want to, you know, be selfish and put ourselves up if, we, if we've grasped that point that, you know, what the Lord has actually done? Because we can't I'm generalizing here. Because we, we can't grasp it. I think this is the problem. We can't. It's beyond, it's beyond us. I mean, us as children of God, we, we glimpse it and we feel it, and we sense it, and we grapple with it, and we discuss it, we can't grasp it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. And, and, the, and there, I don't know how many different elements there are to this condescension, but there are a number, aren't there? It's not just, oh, and Jesus came down, and heaven filled my soul. It's, you know, he didn't write that, did he? He went there, 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 there. Seven, I think. Yeah. Going down. Heaven came down. <laughs> it's, it's, is it seven? Seven, I believe, yeah. Um, should we start? We've basically... So, yeah, uh, what I, it, yeah. Just something that Martin Lloyd-Jones said that's, mm. I think, interesting, that, you know, with, he's, Paul's talking about humility and how we should humble ourselves and mm. so on. And um, somebody asked Martin Lloyd-Jones, you know, how, how can I be humble? Mm. And he said, well, I can't just tell you about something you can do, like pray more or something like that, because even then you're involved. Um, and he said, the key is simply this, look at Christ. Because when you see Christ in his glory and in his humility and what, all that he did, mm. then all your kind of vain boasting and all your selfish ambition just looks foolish. Exactly. It, it, you, the, the pride in us is killed as we look at Christ. So the wonderful thing in this passage is, you know, we're, we're, we are looking at Christ. And in, in that, somehow, all pride seems foolish. And humility, we just want to be like him. Mm -hmm. 
you know. Mm. And, um, and, w and one quick little point I just wanted to mention is that when it says, let this mind be in you, you can interpret that. It can mean in a very personal way. But remember, the context really is the unity of the church. Mm. And, a, and a, it could equally be translated, and probably more so, let this mind be among you. Together, yeah. This should be your common mind. This is, should be your common way of life, and and so he's also still thinking about the unity of the church. That if we will catch that spirit of Christ, mm. then the, the, our unity is, is based. Our practical unity is based on that. Yeah. So, so what what I this read, is a holy of holies of scripture. Yes, we're, it is. We're about it to is. Come to I now, totally you know. agree. It's. It's the, it's the opposite of, you know, Ecclesiastes, you know, everything is meaningless. Mm -hmm. You know, the vanity of man, which was, we were speaking of last week, it is meaningless and empty and, and, and valueless. Uh, whereas this is like there's, there's this absolutely clear pathway, you know, in terms of, of the, the, the trajectory. It's, it's the Lord, as it were, he sent this missile and he knows exactly where it's going yes. to land and and you know the principle of going right down but it's not just aimlessly going down or drifting it's it's for a definitive purpose so the i'm trying to draw john in because i know you're so many thoughts running through my head yes, i'm listening exactly. to what derek's saying yes. i don't think i've got any useful to contribute okay, right at this moment <laughs> There's so much, because uh, I'm also thinking that we ha we have this statement, but I, of, of what happened, and 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 I just because my mind wandering, I think, but it didn't just happen. It was so programmed that it happened on exactly the right day, that's, exactly that's the right it. time, and everything that happened in Jesus' ministry on earth was not, there was nothing random about it. Yeah. It was all. You know, mm. even though he wandered through Jerusalem and Judea, and, uh, he, it was all pre-programmed. Right. It was all absolutely. He had to go through Samaria. Time is now. There's that, there's that verse. This is the hour, you know, and, and just the woman of Samaria was at the well, and it said he. Now he had to go through Samaria. He yeah. didn't have to go through no. Samaria, but it's God's plan. Yes, he did go through Samaria. Yeah. Okay, uh, should we start with the seven then? Oh, well, you know yes, that, before yeah. to the seven, we, in a sense, have to have the starting position. Yes. So he says in verse five, is it, no, verse, um, he is in the, f who being in the form yes. of God, verse six. Yeah. And, and this is a very clear statement that Jesus is God. Yeah. This word form is the word uh, morphe. Mm. And, and this is... Um, a, t a very a technical word that means the visible expression of an essential nature. Right. In other words, Morphe is talking about the outward visible appearance. But it's not Imagio Deo. It's more than that. It's not we're oh, yeah, made yes. in God's image. No, no. It's the no. form. He's basically God. saying, and, and, and it's, it's, it's the form corresponding to an inward reality. Because you can, there's two, you know, it says Satan can, can make himself look like an angel of That's light. That's right. So he can create an appearance, but it doesn't correspond to the inward reality. But yeah. this word morphe is different. Yeah. It actually is an outward appearance based on an inward reality. Mm -hmm. So when it says he's of the form of God, it's saying that he, he manifested the full glory of God 
Because he was God. Yes. Because that was the, yeah. his, in essence, he's God. It's, it's a direct statement of the deity of Christ. He, he was essentially God and he, that was manifested yeah. as God. And of course, that's, that's important because he's going to lay aside that manifestation. Yeah. But, uh, you so that know, is a power, that's that is a very powerful. Could it have been said more clearly, though, who being in the form of God, couldn't he have said, who being God? Or was it trying to express no, it's, something it, of the Trinity? It's preparing the way for what's going to happen next because yeah. he's going to lay aside his glory. Yeah, yeah. So, but originally he was in the form of God. Yeah. You know, he had the full display of God. Yeah. And, and so it, it's a perfect word for the context, I would okay. say. Excellent. That's where we get no, the word transformation, by the way. Okay. Metamorphosis. That's right, yeah. Mm. Morph, yeah. Metamorphosis. So you, metamorphosis is an interesting thing because the first word is the transfiguration that's a, that's the word metamorphosis right. jesus was transfigured metamorphosis simply means that the outward manifestation which corresponds to an inward nature mm -hmm. so when jesus was glorified on the mount of transfiguration it, he he is he was glorious inside but now it was manifested and it says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind and in Corinthians also that we are transformed from glory to glory. And what this is, not like a superficial yeah. image change, but that which God has done in us in the new birth is being manifested on the outside. Wonderful. So that's the transformation. So this it's word morphe is very important. It is important. Yeah. Yeah. And you think, okay, I, simplistically to the butterfly, it's all in there. Exactly. It's all there, so it's the essential nature is essential there. Essential nature. In the, in the pupa. And it's and sometimes it's veiled, and, but transformation means it's brought yeah. forth into yeah. manifestation. So it's wonderful to think, he's saying, have this mind, um, uh, uh, that's also in Christ Jesus, um, and uh, in Romans 12, you know, by the renewing of your mind, you know, yes. th therefore, mm. um, we should, by the, renew by the transforming, of, do not be conformed to this world, but be metamorphosed. In the spirit of your mind. Yeah. And having the mind yes. of Christ. So what we're reading about Christ and, and this whole model is for us to emulate. Yes. Which is a bit mind-blowing. Yes. In fact, the whole of this is, is quite um, daunting, really. If you look at what, what the Lord is, what, what Paul's saying about the Lord Jesus. Yes, so he is, he is God. He's in the form of God. He is in the throne room of God. He's in the presence of God. And then that's a great sacrifice. <laughs> just, just that it's like the acceleration from naught to one is massive. Mm -hmm. you know, so, so this sort of departure from the presence of God is a massive, massive step. So the first, he doesn't stop being God, but he, he lays aside some of the manifestation of him being yeah. God. But the next step, and these are, these are very all interesting steps. Mm -hmm. The next step, unfortunately, you know, we do have translation issues here. Yeah. And, and when it says he didn't consider it r robbery to be equal with God, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's very helpful. Um, yeah. I think it's so I've always memorized, in the whatever version I memorized, it was something to be grasped. Yeah. You know, and that's even... God, something to be grasped. Even that's inadequate. Well, it's a possible translation. Yeah. But, the, but when it says equality, the, the key thing is equality with God. 
Now, he already had that. I mean, you could read it like he didn't have equality with God, like Satan. Yeah. You know, he didn't have equality with God, but he tried to grasp it. Yeah. But that's not quite that's twisting uh, it the what's other going way on here. <coughs> it's actually, he did have equality with God. Yeah. We, we know that from the Morphe. Yeah. He did have equality with God, but it's the, it w he did not consider, this is how I would translate it, he did not consider equality with God a thing to be held, held on to. to. Yes, that's, what, that's in my mind. Clung yes. to. Exactly. Yes. Uh, I, I like the message translation in this case. Yeah. By the way, um, John, when we were talking about how many verses we'd get through um, <laughs> in this Bible study, Derek said we would absolutely not get through you know, <laughs> past verse 11, uh, but I totally agree with yeah. you after the first five minutes. So off you go, Derek. We well, the message going. says it this way. He had equal status with God, mm. but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Yeah. And that does that capture helps, the meaning helps, there. Yes. In other words, he had the equality with God, yeah. but he didn't consider it to, the, to be selfishly exploited exactly. as something to use for his own advantage. Yeah. Yeah. So that shows... Uh, the wonderful thing about this is... It's a good version. No, that's, that's from the message, is it? In the, yeah, yes. No, it's a version I don't know if the message is always good. No, but it isn't, but that's the good case, one. I'll go with that. It's pretty good. Um, uh, and, <coughs> you know, it, the interesting thing is, that the wonderful thing about this passage is that in the Gospels, you know, we see all of Christ's outward actions. But in this passage, we see from the inside yeah. his thought processes. Yeah. His what... What happened within himself? In his mind, the mind of that caused him yeah. to act the way he did, and and this is um, that's why it, it's so special. He had to make a decision: Am I going to just hold on to my position on the throne, yeah. just stay here and enjoy all the benefits of yeah. being God, or am I going to decide to to lay that aside in order to save us? know in order to get a bride for himself but um, it's, I think it, you know. it, it is um, it's not just like <coughs> the Greek gods as it were we're getting we're, there, there's something very very deep here mm. and the question that comes to mind is <coughs> there was no other way mm. yes. there was no other way other than what we're reading now in terms of of our redemption and our salvation this no, is, this no is other the way, way that God, as Paul says in Romans, designed. is both just and the justifier. Yeah. It was it, only God could have <coughs> seen this plan. No man could possibly, I mean, this is right, no human being could have written no. this because it, it just wouldn't think like that. Yeah. That in order to satisfy God's mercy mm. and God's justice, mm. this was the only way. Mm. In order to save us, he had to become one of us, yeah. yes. to identify with us and take our sin. So in order to do that, he had to leave his position as God has thrown. He had to yeah. be willing to lay that aside. Yeah. He didn't, he had to let go of his divine rights and privileges. And he was willing to do that. That's, that's the first step is, is something that happened while he was on the throne. He made that decision. I'm not going to cling on to my throne position. Um, I'm going to be willing in, to In In the go. Gospels, it, it does come across clearly in, in John's gospel that the Lord said, I am. Yes. There, there were sort of 
eight yeah. I am's, mm, yeah. you know, before Abraham was I am. You know, that was pretty clearly stating mm. that he, and that's why they were so angry, yeah. <laughs> you know, his listeners. So you, we've got it in Paul's writings, but we've also got it from the words of the Lord Jesus, yes. that he was God. Oh, yeah. That, it, that's it was, again, that was sort of revolutionary um, in the, um, even in the Hebrew thinking. Mm. But God is certainly blasphemous from is the Islamic perspective. That is the core of the, the Christian faith. That's the core of the gospel. Yeah. If you don't believe Jesus is God, you, you, haven't, yeah. you haven't got a saving faith. Yeah. Jesus said, unless you believe that I am, yeah. you will die in your sins. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you, mm. that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. But that is the crucial revelation above yes. all. And that God became man. It will, yes. will eventually get, yeah. get to that. Had to die as man. To die as God would have been a foul. Is impossible. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And impossible because God <laughs> can't right. die. Exactly. Yes. But I, yeah. you understand yes. the point I'm making. Yes. He had yes. to die as a man. Okie dokie. So the second step. Yeah. Again, uh, I don't like the translation. No. He made himself of no reputation. Yeah. Now, this is a separate thing, but mm. really it's simply the word kenoa. And, and there's a whole theology called kenosis the theology, but it simply is the word to empty. Mm. So literally, it simply says he emptied himself. Mm. Of course, there's a big debate. What How did he much? empty himself of? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and of course, the first thought might be, well, he emptied himself of his deity. But I mean, that's silly. I yeah. mean, that's impossible. Yeah, yeah, God can't not be God because he's that's necessarily right. God. There's the line in the hymn that yes. said, emptied himself of all but love. But that's not really true either. It's, it gives the, yeah, it's... Um, God is love, so yeah. yeah. He can't... Uh, he can't not become who he is. It's in a poetic sense. It's so let's try and unpack what that means then. He uh, emptied yeah. himself, I think it's clear, that of his glory. Yeah. He emptied himself, and that's why I use the yes. word morphe. Yeah. He emptied himself, he was still essentially God, was, couldn't couldn't be other than essentially yeah. God, but he emptied himself of his manifestation of God, yes. that and is, his of, his, of his glory. Of his yeah. glory, which he refers to in that great prayer in John yeah. 14, 17, 17, 17, 17 yeah. Yeah, there somewhere, yeah. um, when, he, when he, he will return to that, that glory. But he also he sort of emptied himself of the status of being there at the throne room and became a servant. Yes, yes. It, it, I, I know that's another one of your seven, the servant, but, but uh, the, for me they go together, that you have the, you know, the emptying and the becoming. It's the, yeah, but you and have... The becoming is the there is is emptying. A, there's an order. Yes, yeah. He had to empty before he... Yes, yes. Okay. Or if exactly. you think of it, if you think yeah, of him... he couldn't become being, a servant without emptying himself. If you think of his glory, his glory. as uh, he's wearing these robes of glory. Yeah, yeah. Before he can uh, put on the robe of a servant. Yeah. He's got to take off the robe That's of glory. That's yes. So they are, they are sequential steps, yeah, but they're steps, a lot of them are within his own But they're necessary person. steps, as, uh, as you say. They're yeah. sequential, but they're sequential because they have to be sequential. Yes. You, can't, um, I think you can't become a servant when you're wearing the robes of glory. That yeah. verse that you alluded yes. to was, was quite important. Yeah. Uh, John 17, 5. Yeah. Now, Father, Glorify me together with yourself with the glory 
which I had with you that's before it. the world was. Yes, that's so it. So he had this eternal glory, Yes, but he laid it aside. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing is um, that he laid it aside, it says, from the foundation of the world. This isn't I know. just this in is 2 BC when he's about to become a that's man. Right. That's, that's this is actually at the beginning of time. I mean, possibly the moment Adam sinned is one possibility, mm. that, that then he said, right, this, I, I now lay aside my glory, yeah. and now I'm going to function as a servant. So let's go to another, the more modern hymn, Graham Kendrick, you laid aside your majesty, majesty. gave up everything for me. Is that true? Gave up everything. Yeah. Well, I'm just that's what to you mean by everything, really. Yeah. Yeah. But he laid aside... I, one theological way of saying it is he laid aside the independent use of his divine attributes. Mm. So he didn't function in his omniscience and, right. and in his uh, omnipotence. He, he, he voluntarily restricted himself. Uh, you know, and Satan tried to tempt him to violate that. You know, like, turn, turn right. if you're the son of God, and it's actually because you're the son of God, That's right. use your divine power. And, and that would have broken the rules, you know. That's right. So um, he gave up. The whole up thing would have shattered. The whole thing would have shattered. I, I, we, we're talking about, uh, you, we've alluded to before time almost, or the beginning of time. And, and we are, with this passage, stretching into God outside time. Um, it, it's, it's hard for, well, it for is. us and what, human what, beings. What, what, how do we explain this period between <coughs> creation, foundation, Mm. Uh, of, the, of the world and the birth of Christ. I mean, we, we see him appearing, you know, we see him in the, in the burning bush. And he mm. says, I am. And, and so how do, I'm, I'm putting myself in, the, I, I'd like to explore this, but I can imagine what the viewers at home might be struggling with this a bit. What does it, how did the manifestation of Christ's l lack of glory, he'd, putting it to one side, mm. operate in, in, in that interim period. Mm. Well, one, the major, in the Old Testament, the major manifestation of the second person of the Trinity was as the angel of the Lord. Yes. Right. And that, this is, that's an amazing Bible study to look at all the appearances of yes. the angel of the Lord. Yeah. But, you know, he, that literally means the messenger of the Lord. So he was functioning already in a servant's in a capacity. capacity. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, you know, he yeah. wasn't sitting on the throne, you know, no. giving orders. He was actually functioning as the servant angel of the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes total sense. I've often wondered about that. It makes total sense. Yeah. And, and the, the passage that you, you read last week um, with... Satan, and, and of course the Lord Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. That, that was something that I, I interpret that you know, in the spirit realm, that, that actually before, before time, he was thrown out of heaven, and <coughs> um, that was before. But the, the presence of Satan, Satan was not in the form of God. You said that he you know, aspired to be, mm. and he masqueraded as, but... Um, but the consequence of um, Satan not being thrown out of God's presence, you know, of God entertaining evil, mm. as it were, again, everything falls apart. Yeah. 
Well, it does. There's little, little it, it also, elements that it also makes together. more sense of that, that passage in Isaiah 14, mm. because if at that point <clears throat> the Son of God had already laid aside his glory, then you can begin to see how Satan might have aspired to be like him. Whereas, uh, you know, if you would think of God in all his glory, how could he possibly have... Uh, 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 it makes sense. It, it make, all becomes much clearer. If I can throw another angle at this, yeah. which is, uh, a, a, to me, a beautiful picture from the Song of Solomon. Okay. A lot of people avoid it because yeah. they don't understand it. Or it stirs up their flesh too much. You know <laughs> what I mean? But um, um, I believe this is a picture of Christ. Um, because you, you have apparently two ma male lovers here. Mm. One is King Solomon, and the other is the shepherd lover. But actually, as you read, you realize they're the same. Mm. And what happens is that King Solomon is on holiday, and he takes his holiday in the countryside, probably based at Megiddo, because Shulamith comes from the village of Shunem, which is across the valley of Jezreel. Yeah. And... Um, as the royals might do on their holidays, they don't dress in their kingly robes. <coughs> he dressed as a shepherd. And he did, you know, relaxing, he did some yeah. shepherding. Yeah. And he's wandering through and he sees this girl and he falls in love with her. Mm. And, and, you know, we read about the story of, of, of their courtship. Um, and this is a picture, you see, of, of the divine romance because... You see, if Christ came, came to us dressed in his royal robes as the king of glory, his powers, it, you know, the whole relationship with him would, would be, be based so on imbalanced. power. It would be so imbalanced. It yeah. wouldn't be based on love. It would be based on power. We can't yeah. say no to the king, you That's know right. what I mean? And, and so... It'd be a sort of me too type situation. He didn't yeah, want that relationship. Yeah. He yeah. wanted... So he actually... In chapter one, he's even a bit coy because she asks about him and he kind of gives an evasive answer yeah. because he doesn't want, if he said, I'm King Solomon, <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be intimidating. So he wanted a relationship based on love. So he took off his royal clothes. He came dressed as a shepherd. That's wonderful. They, they wonderful. fell in love. It fits absolutely it does, perfectly with this passage. Then at some point, of course, he told her, you know, uh, actually, I've got something to tell you, darling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually King Solomon. Yeah. You know, because they didn't have videos. They didn't those have days. Facebook. <laughs> you know. So I'm King Solomon, and 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 she would have laughed, but have, then she looked into his eyes and she thought, "Well, he really is." And he says, "I'm going to go it away." It does make a, a, I think, a richer relationship if 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 you're if yes if you don't have this disparity. It's reciprocal. She, it's she loved him for himself, yeah. you see, and then the power was a bonus. Yeah. You, you know, and he says, oh, "I'm going away," but I'll come, according to the Jewish tradition, this is a picture of the rapture. Really, I'm going away. I'll prepare the wedding feast. I'll prepare, and then when the time's right, I'll come, and I'll fetch you. And I think that's. Chapter three, and then she tells her family, and of course they think she's crazy. You know, you say, you know, well, like we would, we would say, you know, guess what? Yeah, King, I'm betrothed to Jesus, and one day he's going to come, and he's going to take me to himself, and we'll be together forever. And people think, you know, <laughs> and and the family then put her out to work. She said, oh, she's a hopeless romantic, you know. And they put her out to work, and she talks about being tanned, you know, in being in the sun too too much, yeah. and and then one day. Here comes King Solomon with all his mighty warriors. 
and she and he comes right to her door to pick her up and take her back to Jerusalem. It's, 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 and it's the divine romance. It's a, it is quite amazing that we have that in the centre of our scriptures. I do. I find it quite amazing, and it, it fits so clearly with the church and the bride and the bridegroom. It's mm. amazing yeah. how that's right at the heart of God's plan is yeah. this romance. Yes. Quite yes. amazing. Yes. And, and how you, you, there are shadows throughout the scriptures of, of this, you know. Yeah. But how it was Very essential profound. for the Lord to do that. Mm. I, I'm thinking of, you know, of his ministry on, on the earth when occasionally, occasionally, he allowed his glory and his holiness. Yeah. Well, I say occasionally. I mean, he always walked in holiness, but occasionally he allowed it to show. You know, you're right. thinking of the, you know, the calming of the storm at sea yeah. and the, uh, the pulling of the fish from one side. And yeah. even in the case of the demoniac, the casting out of the demons, yeah. he That's terrified. Right. People were terrified. Mm. And, and even his disciples that, you know, in the boat, they were terrified. And they just got a glimpse of this... Mm glory, this, this something different. This There's a, the other one that comes to me is um, where, where he said that I, I, I can say to this mountain, I know one says cast into the depths of the sea, but the other passage is I can take this mountain and move it from here to there. And if you talk to Dr. Grady, um, that it actually did happen. And you look at the geology of the Jordan Rift Valley, that actually, literally, mountains were, were m with the same geology. They can see the same rocks, you know, yes. a couple of miles or more up the road, <laughs> as it were. You know, and so he was standing at that point where he said, you know, Watch. It, it's just, um, <laughs> Watch he actually boys. did it, probably yeah. at the time of the flood. And he'll do it again. <laughs> yes, because just shifted mountains. He, will, he was specifically, wow. he said, when, when Jesus returns, he'll stand on the Mount of Olives. Yeah, that's right. Which was the very mountain Jesus was standing on yeah. when he said that. Yeah. yeah. Say to this mountain. I know. And he will speak to the mountain and it says in Zechariah. Yeah. That the whole mountain will be shifted yeah. and cause a huge valley right in yeah. the middle of it. It's quite quite something. Yeah. Are there he must have had fun. He must have. There's, there's a sense must. of humour there sometimes. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, um, oh, you have little faith, you know. <laughs> it's sort of um yeah, and yeah, how foolish you are not to believe all that the prophets have said mm. concerning me. It's, it's quite, um, well, it's very humbling to be so here. So step one yeah. uh, and two we've seen that he didn't, he didn't grasp, didn't hold on to his yeah. equal, equality with God, yeah. his throne position. Yeah. He laid aside his robes of glory. Mm. And then it says he took the form of a bondservant. And again, it's the same word, morphe, which means he took right. the outward appearance of a servant, but that was his essential nature. He had yeah. chosen to be a, a servant. But even the word servant isn't really, it should be translated slave, doulos. Yeah. And this is, so he took, he, he took the inner attitude and the outward appearance yeah. of, of a doulos. So he completely did become man, as it were. You know, he, he took the form. Oh, that comes later. That comes later, I know. But he, he, he took the form. So it's the same as the word as him having the form of God. Mm. He takes the form, the nature. The nature. Of being nature. a... Because we spoke right uh, at the beginning of Philippians of being a slave. Oh, I, I struggled with that. You know, what does that mean? But yeah. 
It's only in the last few years I've come to realize that, although we don't like that term slave um, because of its connotations, by any creature is by necessity a slave of God. The difference between a servant and a slave is that a servant still owns himself. You know, he hires yeah, himself out, right. but he basically owns himself. Whereas a slave does not own himself. A slave is owned by so his own. So that owner. fits in what we were saying just a little bit earlier uh, about, he, he, you know, he, he became bound, as it were. He, he couldn't, of course, when in the Gospels, he did sort of break out a little, but he was bound, as, as, as it were, the... Commander this of the Lord's army. He, yes. he, was, he was in a framework in, down here on earth. Mm. He this is before he becomes a man. Even. Yeah, okay. So this so is all still talking about his inner, so what's happening inside whom? him. A slave to whom? Well, this is what I come to, is that this is the, this is the nature of a creature. You see, we are, or whether we acknowledge it or not, we are, by being created by God, we don't belong to ourselves. We, right. God owns us, whether we like it or not. That's right. You know, well, we, many don't like it. You know, and Satan's yeah. whole sin, yeah. and Adam's whole sin, is to reject that ownership. Yeah. And that's what's called pride, is to try and take that ownership and control myself, yeah, to right. be independent from that's God. Right. Now, Christ, and you, we can argue about, I tend to think that there is a kind of, within the Godhead, you know, Christ, it says God the Father is the head of Christ. So there may be some form of authority within the Godhead. You can argue that. But this is different. This is a step of humility because when he takes on a human nature particularly, it's, a human nature is a created thing. Yeah. So to be a man, he's got to accept a very stronger authority and submission kind of submission that the creature owes the creator. He becomes a servant first, so it's a kind of yeah. mind, have this mind, yes, it's which was also in Christ Jesus. We can live the mindset is that yes, he becomes yes, a, a exactly. slave. See, before we, we be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so it has to happen in our heart first before we can yeah. Yeah. act to flesh it out, yeah. you see. And this is what's happening, that he is accepting mm. a kind of submission that of a creature to the creator. Now, if you think, for God to do that, yeah, that's, pretty big. Uh, that's huge. Yeah. He has got to take the role, if you like, of a creature, mm. which is to be a slave. And so he is putting himself into a much more uh, deeper submission mm. to God as, as in his human nature. So is there, you, we often focus on the Father and what the Father's given up and, you know, his hearts uh, and we have the situation with Abraham and Isaac going up to the place of the sacrifice and we focus on Abraham. But actually there's a lot going on in Isaac mm. to, because he was more, probably more powerful physically than yeah. Abraham. So he had already taken on this form of submission yes. to even get anywhere near that point where the ram was found in the thicket. Yes. It's, the amazing thing about the scriptures, it, it, you just couldn't make it up. No, <laughs> I don't no, no. think I could. I, no. you know, it's just amazing how you have these layers and these foreshadowings mm. of, of the distant past before time, you know, and the distant future, and, and yet 
as I say, it's, it's got this, this purpose and this direction that seems mm. it's irresistible. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I think that's the second uh, uh, tulip, yes. In <laughs> 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 so, yeah, so yeah. I, I would put it like this in a way that this, this being a slave is primarily being a slave to God. He's yeah. putting himself, first of all, in, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a relationship mm -hmm. that is necessary that that happens in his heart first because he's going to actually take on a human, yeah. a created human nature, which has to be in subjection to God. As a creature to the Creator, so he had to be willing yeah. to do that in his heart first of all. So he was a slave to God and a servant to man. What comes to mind is not my will, but yours be done. Yeah, I mean that, that's yeah, what that's a, a slave does. Yeah, it's exactly. And and he's he's not our slave, obviously, but he yeah. is our servant. He did that's it right. to minister for us and to serve our needs. So you've got that double thing there. But that is an awesome step down. That he's he is willing to become. A, as it were, to take on a created nature that, that requires a total sub subjection to the Creator, to be obedient. So I'm just picking up on that last point you made. Is, is he, is he come becoming a slave to God or a slave to, um, slave to you know? Slave to God, I think that's quite clear. And a, servant. But a servant to us. Yes. But that's, a, that's not in this passage, is well, it? Well, the servant? word it's, is translated servant. Yeah. But often, if you just think of servant, you don't catch the full weight of the term. We are slaves of God, yeah. and we are servants of men. And I think it's that combination. S you know. So, um, we did speak before, Derek, about the, uh, the other analogy from the Lord washing the feet. That's where he became a servant. Yes. Of his disciples. He, he showed that. Yeah. But it was out of his submission to God yeah. that he served the disciples. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, the point he's making generally out of this is, is in the same way we should have the same attitude. Yeah. We are sons of God. We are citizens of the king. But that doesn't mean we're, we're excused from yeah. actually, because we're slaves of God, we accept that and we, we serve one another. We, we don't stand on our pride, like, oh, this is beneath me to wash your feet. So yeah. I'm, I'm still living off Sunday school songs that, you know, <laughs> you want to be great in God's kingdom, yes. you must be the servant of all. Um, and and that, that's the message, isn't it? Yeah. That the, the greatness is in the, is in the service, is in subjecting Jesus himself. didn't consider himself too important to serve us. Yeah. And we shouldn't consider yeah. ourselves too important yeah, exactly. to serve one another. Exactly, exactly. So the next step down yeah. is to, he came, and he puts it in two ways, mm. but this is the actual incarnation now, mm. you see. Yeah. Uh, he came in the likeness of men. Yeah. Um, and and this, this is really saying that he is, this, he took on a genuine human nature. That's right. He didn't stop being God, but he added to himself this created human nature to mm. identify with us. Mm. The likeness of men basically says so that... Um, we're talking now about the incarnation, mm. so the Holy Spirit, you know, of God with Mary yeah. creates the Lord Jesus. Took on the, the human nature. Human, yes. yes. 
speak a bit more about that. That's, that's a, a foundational yeah. doctrine. Yeah. Yes, and, and of course the question always arises, isn't it? You know, was there anything of Mary in Jesus, and is yeah. that possible? And if that was so, would there be sin? I mean, these are deep yeah. questions. It is. It is. I, I, you, you, the scripture doesn't really tell us, I don't think, but we have to use our, our <coughs> common sense and discernment. I, I believe that there can be nothing of Mary's nature in Jesus at all. There might in some way, God might have arranged it so there was some physical resemblance to her, um, but I, essentially she was an incubator, wasn't she? So, so it, was, it was a fertilized egg that was implanted in Mary, or that it was um, that Mary's well, it, it, it egg was no fertilized? I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's I know these are deep stuff. questions. There could be no contamination I mean, I, by I, simple I nature. Don't agree. Yeah, I, 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 take, I take the view that it was Mary's egg that was fertilized by, by the Holy Spirit. Do you take that view? I do, because yeah. otherwise he wouldn't be truly right. connected to the human race. Yeah, that's, that's right. is my yeah, view. No, yeah, I've no, heard I'm, the yeah. other view. No, I, I'm not saying it's my view. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just throwing questions these, out there. These, yeah. these, these are the questions that... that and that and then go into. right back to the, the fact that sin came through Adam. Yes. yes. Not through Eve. And, and, and there is something genetically with the chromosomes. Oh, I believe... Yeah. Well, it's not... The transmission of the sin nature isn't purely physical anyway. No. No, that's, that's true. true. I personally believe that um, the sin nature is transmitted through the man. Yeah. Because right. it was king it from say, Adam. That's right. Rather than the, and, it, and therefore, according to that image, the sin nature is transmitted through the man. So the virgin birth was necessary for Jesus to be sinless. That's right. Um, but so, although, and I do but believe... It didn't, need, that, um, it didn't mean that uh, Mary had to be immaculate. No, that's no. not necessary. That's, no, that's so we're, getting, we're necessary. touching on and, toes and, and, here. And yeah, I think so. You get this idea that this, this seed, where do you stop seed, seed of the woman, which has already been identified outside time, mm -hmm. is in Mary waiting, and, and perhaps is protected. It's it's unique. It's there, mm. waiting. These are questions that we won't know the answer to this side of heaven. But there's no doubt, you know, that Jesus had to be a man. Mm. It couldn't have been just masquerading as a man. I think he uses the word likeness, because you might think, oh, what, you know, That's it right. actually does mean that he's genuinely a man. Yeah. But the word kind of, because it says in um, Romans 8, 3, he was in the likeness of sinful flesh. That's right. But he wasn't sin. He didn't have sinful flesh. So yeah, the, right. the point is he had a genuine human nature. Yeah. But it was un unlike our human nature in that he had no sin. That's right. And that's, that's, that's why he was absolutely that crucial uh, because yes. you have a scripture that says <coughs> that, oh, he was tempted in all ways uh, as we are, but, but not from this sinful nature within. You know, that obviously the, the devil threw every possible temptation mm -hmm. at the Lord Jesus. He knew who he was, yeah. he wanted to trip him up. Everything that possibly could have been thrown was thrown at him, even there at the end in the garden. Uh, of Gethsemane, but um, he didn't have the sinful nature. See, Adam originally didn't have sin in his flesh. Yeah. See, but he could still be tempted. That's right. And Jesus, in, in the temptation. same way, didn't have a sinful body. You know. That's right. Although it, it appeared like he had a body like the rest of us, he didn't have the sin nature in his That's body. Right. But and but so he his didn't his succumb. temptation was genuine. But Correct. as the second Adam... And probably more than succeeded. Adam had. I mean, Adam fell at a fairly sort of lightweight, yes, yes. Um, you know, sin. Uh, you know, the, the, the biggest and the best possible carrots were dangled <laughs> with the Lord. 
and he, and he, didn't, yes, he didn't get exactly. him. He didn't get him. Exactly. So I think we're all in our last 10 minutes. So and then there's, there's a second, um, yeah. then it says, and being found in appearance as a man. So I, yeah. I put those two together as, as yeah. the same thing. He became yeah. a man, yeah. and to be found in appearance, this is the word schema, which means his outward, for, peop, for human beings around him, he looked just like one of them, yeah. just like a man. Um, it doesn't use the word morphe. Okay. Because although he oh, was interesting. a true in my, in my little translation, it says human form, so you think yeah, that it's the but same. But it's actually a word that oh, means that, you know, he, he was a man and he appeared to be a man. Yeah. And, and that's, again, a humbling thing because he is God, but he, he doesn't show himself as God. Yeah. He's, he looks just like any other man. Yeah. And that opens him up to disrespect and all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And... It doesn't say and more human frailties as well. I mean, he got yeah. tired, he, needed, Weakness, he became yeah, he hungry. hungry, he was a human yes, being. So he's totally yeah. human and subject to all the human limitations yeah. that we have. Yeah. Why doesn't he use Morphe? Because that would give the impression that not only did he appear like man, but that was his inner nature and that, that was all there was to him. But he wasn't just a man, yeah. he was the God-man. Yes, so really so to use important Mor Morphe verse. would have been misleading, exactly. you see. That would make us think he was just a man. That is so powerful, that. Yes. This is fundamental. So these words are, these very are fundamental. very carefully. Yeah, words. These, every one is, is important. Yeah. Wow. Really important. It is because so important. Because error we miss in. it in the English. I you mean, know, if, if that was, if he was sloppy with his language there, the whole lot starts to fall so apart. We, we, we would then fall into the laps of any yeah. sect and cult. Yes. Okay, we've got five minutes left. It shows how it has to be inspired, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the Holy Spirit is dictating this to Paul, yeah. and it's coming out yes. in Greek, which is the best possible language yeah. yes. in, uh, d to express these, these, these yeah. sentiments and forms, and, and which we miss so much in the English. I mean, we just don't get it at all yes. without yes. digging away. I think countless times I've read these verses. I'm in fraud. That's why I'm not offering very much. No, I don't want really to stop good. the flow. I totally agree. <laughs> no, so we've got five minutes. So well, then he says, number five, is he humbled himself. humbled himself. And I would see that this is a reference to his life and his ministry. Mm. Because he, he, you know, he's become a man, okay, but he could have become a king. That's right. You know, and, and used his powers to be, born to be in a stable. You know, he didn't need to be born but, in this Yes, he, exactly. And his whole life was one of giving yeah. and being a servant. Yeah. And especially, of course, healing the sick and all the other things he did. It, it was an expression of humility. It wasn't... He was serving. He came to minister and serve us. So he humbled himself. That's in his ministry. So again, for me, you can't make this up. No, you can't. No, there is no human story or narrative anywhere in the history of man that has something like this. It's yeah. just not there. And uh, the sixth step is he became obedient yeah. to, to even unto death. Yeah. Now this is interesting because it's not just saying that he was died, but the thing is he didn't have sin in his body. Mm. So for us, when we die, that's not an obedience. That's right. You think about it because it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Yeah. But in his case, it wasn't that's right. because he was sinless. Yeah. In fact. He could have theoretically just carried on living in his human body. So what does it? What's actually being said he here he is became obedient unto the obedience, and the obedience was that he was willing, as in Gethsemane, right, to take our sin. Yeah. 
to become sin for us and to take upon himself the curse of sin. And so it's, this, is a, this is a further humbling of himself. He's humbled himself to become a man. He's humbled himself in his ministry. But now he's humbling himself in the biggest way that he is willing to take on all our sin and the judgment on our sin, which means death. He has to die for our sin. And that's, that's a huge obedience. And for this that he had reason to he came into the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not just any death, of course. The final step is yeah. the death of the, on the cross, which is a criminal's death, you know, uh, an execution. And, of course, we won't have time to right. do, do this justice, but yes. the death on the cross relates to Deuteronomy where it says some, a convicted criminal who is under the curse of God mm-hmm. must be hung on a tree, mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 21. So this death on the cross signifies that he's taken our sin, he's taken the curse. It's all to save us. This is the gospel. This is what he did to save us. So so we we have in Matthew 16 uh, how the human mind in Peter says, never, Lord, you can't go to the cross, you can't do this. And then he says, get thee behind me, Satan. So so Satan is trying to, to sort of, chip away at this great plan that God has. And Jesus has to say, get behind me, Satan, because yes. you don't have the mind of God. It's, yes. it's, it's the mind of Satan yes. to stop this salvation plan mm. from being enacted. Um, so he became obedient unto death. It's, 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 it's from the Godhead, you know, these yes. sort of seven steps, and then even death on a cross. Obedient is the willingness to take our sin yeah. and therefore die. But then the death on the cross always tells us more that he's willing to take the judgment of God for ourselves because in the biblical thinking, dying on a tree, dying on, on hanging on a tree is taking the curse, is taking the judgment of God. So what, uh, I mean, talking about from the highest to the lowest, Mm, he didn't just become a man, he actually took our our sin and the judgment on our sin. And that's the extreme. It's not just dying. Humility. And um, it's the obedience again is there with Isaac. You know, he, he became obedient. Let's go up to, you know, to Mount Moriah. And God's going to teach us something here. So, yeah, well, I, I have to say this has been one of the most important Bible studies I've ever sat in 20 years nearly. So um, it's been a great blessing, and I hope you can cherish these wonderful uh, insights into this wonderful passage. And we'll see you next week. Bless you. Bless you, bless you.